The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of unchastity causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black, let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. <laughs> so as after a gospel like that, when you all say, praise to you, Lord Christ, I have to go, yeah, right. This is a Jesus at his most fierce. He has just told the crowds that if you cannot be more righteous than the Pharisees and scribes, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a bracing teaching. If you are not better than the religious authorities, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. For the crowds to which Jesus was speaking, that must have startled them, sitting upright. So you were all standing upright, listening. Another little story to tell is one of my English professors, when I was an undergraduate, was a strong Roman Catholic. And he always remarked that we shouldn't take the Bible literally for the simple reason that you never see a fundamentalist walking around missing a hand or an eye. 
you know. What is Jesus talking about here? Well, the first answer that I want to give to that is he is talking about the quality of the inner life that we are all called to cultivate as Christians. He's pointing out it is not enough to simply play by the rules that we're given. It's not simply enough to follow the law. As though we're engaged in some cosmic game where if we win fair and square, we get the prize of the Super Bowl. The truth of the matter is, Jesus knows we play this game all the time and we do it in very subtle ways and we're not alone. We are not alone in that. Most of us, if we look at our prayer life, recognize that frequently we are asking for things that are self-serving or things that help those whom we love. And when we don't receive those things, we're a little bit disappointed with God. And when we do receive those things, we bless God. There are ways in which, in that sense, we treat God like a cosmic ATM. Plug in your request. Get out the cash. God doesn't want that kind of relationship with us. But that is the ancient relationship that people have had with gods across the ages. You go and make the sacrifice to the god so that your crop yield will be good this year. You go and make the sacrifice to the god so you have progeny. You go and make sacrifice to the god so that you have a fruitful life. But you know what? Most of us who try that sooner or later figure out that this is not how God works at all because we know that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. God is not expecting us to play by the rules so that we can get our heavenly reward. God wants more of us than that. Paul is articulating precisely this point to the community in Corinth today. They have fallen into their factions. They're waiting to hear whatever wonderful lips fall, whatever wonderful words rather fall from Paul's lips or from the lips of Apollos or whatever teacher that they admire most. Paul says, you cannot be spiritual infants forever. Grow up, he tells them. Take ownership of your faith. Take ownership of the grace you have given, of the grace you have received, the grace that you are called to bring to others. This is not about who you are the disciple of. This is about growing up in Christ Jesus, who doesn't want spiritual infants grasping and clawing and demanding food all the time, but once partners laboring in the vineyard of the kingdom. In our tradition, which is very open and welcoming, one of the greatest dangers we must face in our walk is one of what Dietrich Bonhoeffer called cheap grace. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was part of the Confessing Church, a minority of Christians 
in Nazi Germany towards the end of World War II who stood up against the fascist regime and also helped Jews escape the Holocaust. For his witness in that Bonhoeffer gave his life. But amongst his developing theology around this experience, he talked about the phenomenon of cheap grace. The idea that we can come and receive God's grace freely given to us and expect that to be enough. I'm fine. I'm in God's hands. We have a wonderful articulation of this trap in one of our Eucharistic prayers that asks God to save us from the presumption of coming to the table for solace only and not for strength, for pardon only and not for renewal. God wants us to come into God's grace seeking strength and renewal that we may be transformed and whole. Cheap grace is cheap not because we need to pay for it, but because we need to respond to it with our whole selves, with our whole hearts. Jesus says it is not enough simply to follow the strictures of the law and say you played the game. You must be transformed inside. You must embrace the way God sees the world we must engage the love and compassion that God has given us and change our way of life around that. Times have not changed all that much in this regard in the past two millennia. We know that we live in a society where relationships are cheap, are disposable too often. And I'm not just talking about Jesus' teaching in today's gospel about divorce. I'm talking about the way we take each other to court so easily in our society. The way we commodify one another. The way we commodify the earth. Our economy is built on cheap oil, cheap resources, and a disposable environment. God wants more of us than that. God wants a commitment to the life of grace that we have been offered. I invite you to think about that in your own lives this day, where that hits home for you. Because today's gospel is about the good news hitting the road in practical ways in our lives. Reflect on that. Remember that you are called to more than just simply being good folk. You are called to be what Jesus calls the salt of the earth, the seasoning that will transform, that will bring forth God's grace. And as you receive that today in the sacrament, remember that you are called to take it forward into the world, to take it out there, to all who are in need, to be God's friends laboring in the vineyard. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. 
We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon.